Hello and welcome to ReggieTake.com, our Star Wars podcast special roundtable. Joining me tonight is Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, and George Lucas. <laughs> I wish. No. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> it's just us joining me. Um, I'm going to have to start making you an honorary co-host. I, I think guess. so, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. James from the True Believers, welcome. Thank you, and... You the same. I might have to. It's pretty much just you and Sean these days. Well, I, I invited Sean, and, and he, he got back with me on Facebook, said he'd love to do it. But he's in down in Florida at Disney World this week. So, Oh, yeah, I knew that. I'd so, see that on Facebook. It's like, and he didn't invite us? I know. What the hell? I know. Well, it looks like he's having a good time. I've seen some pictures. It looks like he's having a good time. Yeah, by the time this gets posted, uh, he'll probably be back in town anyway. So Now, Enrique was going to be on, but I believe that he has cat feline aids <laughs> so they just keep flaring up yeah we i, I tried to get enrique to come but um other obligations so um we'll try and catch him next time i just i just give you a hard time enrique <laughs> anyway um so this is all about star wars this time no comic book news no no other hollywood bullshit just now star wars is a movie is that right I, it's a movie it is an it's American, a picture show it, right it is an american iconic fran- star uh, movie franchise hmm interesting depending on how you it's want one to look of those at it. picture shows if it was god it moving could, pictures if it was god it could be considered god in in my in my opinion but yeah i'm just kidding i yeah. love star wars yeah. it's, that's it's, great it's uh great. obviously we're doing this because the force awakens opens december 18th mm-hmm. do you have tickets no i am avoiding the opening weekend no. as much as i want to see it i'm i'm going to avoid um but we're going to get to force awakens here into this podcast hopefully well let me tell you straight up if you're avoiding it on the weekend i'm going to uh, don't go on. on the internet at all yeah, not on facebook i will still never forgive my friend jeremy for posting uh when Avengers came out, I was like, well, I'm not going opening night. I'll go the next day. And my friend posted on Facebook, I can't believe they brought Thanos in. This is so great. And that is like such a left field spoiler. And I was like, well, I'm hiding your post forever now. <laughs> I think it was like literally two years before I was like, yeah, I'll unhide his post. That's what you get, Jeremy. Now, um, Star Wars is obviously the... Um the brainchild of uh, George Lucas. Mm-hmm. George has taken a bad rap here last 15 years or so, but besides that, no matter who continues on making movies with the that universe, he'll always be the brainchild behind yeah. it. Uh, well, I mean, that's similar to, uh, like with comics, that's similar to Stan Lee, Lee. except Stan Lee knew what about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's like the creation has now succeeded the creator. Um, Star Wars New Hope uh, opened on May 25th, 1977. Whoa, hold on a sec. Hey. Let's talk about about that um it was not star wars new hope no it was not <laughs> it was later renamed just star wars yeah for some people they've probably known it as star wars new hope mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. i don't think it was rebranded until what after empire I sometime i know i had the vhs set i believe it was sometime after empire before it got rebranded yeah, yeah i had the vhs set star wars in the big letters and then in small letters a new hope and then for the other two is star wars in small letters and then empire strikes back in the old uh font i think it was uh, rebranded and when star wars the first movie got re-released in 81 yeah i in think you're right 
or right. 82. I think you're right. Yeah. I think that's when it got rebranded A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what, I, I guess maybe George thought because he had an empire, I guess maybe he, I don't well, know. Well, they did the same thing with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Years later, I don't know when they did it, but years later, all the DVD, VHS, everything, they called it Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Which, if you think about it, doesn't really make sense because wasn't Indiana Jones one of the Raiders of the Lost Ark? Like, unless it's like his band or something. But. <laughs> you obviously noticed a little something in my notes that uh, I had put in there. Would you like to read that? The synopsis? No. The, oh, oh, the opening crawl. crawl. All right, here we go. Here's the opening crawl for Star Wars. A New Hope. It is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, Rebel spies managed to seal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the Empire's sinister agents, Princess Leia races home aboard her spaceship, custodian of the stolen plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy. <laughs> there we go. Um, I, I know you've seen all these movies. Where would you rank it in, among among the uh, the first six? Oh wow! Well, it'd be the same too. I, I have a feeling I know where all these are going to be ranked anyway. But I think for the most part, everyone will rank them the same, except maybe ranks three and four might switch. But, if you know what I'm talking about, maybe so. I'm wrong. I, I, but I think, I think so. those those are the ones that people might switch. Yeah. So where were you when you saw? You were alive when this yes. came out, right? Yes. Okay. How old were you? Six years old. Oh wow. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself here. You're a little one. Yes, I was a little one. But, you know, as a kid, what more could you ask for? Spaceships, lightsabers. I mean, I ended up getting Star Wars toys for like three or four years in a row. Yeah. I mean, actually quite a while because of Star Wars and then Empire Strikes Back. I, I don't think I don't think I really got any toys with Return of the Jedi because by then I was a teenager. But, yeah. you know, Star Wars as a kid, I mean, pretty much, you know, you get into the toy box, there went the Star Wars toys. Yep. You know? yeah. So, I mean, that was a big thing. Um, Star Wars was definitely um, probably the most impressive opening because, you know, you get, you get the crawl that goes across it kind of pants down a little bit mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the ship goes by and then you get all the blasting from the from the imperial star destroyer so you know it kind of it catches you right off the top yeah it's always interesting to me all three of these movies came out before i was born just slightly i like i'm not that young by any means they came out like the third one i think Re return of the jedi was 83 so it was the year that i was born still before uh -huh. so towards the end of the year but it's always interesting to me to hear people who were children when they came came out mm -hmm. because you know for me it was hearing about it when i was in elementary school and running it or buying it on vhs and it's like oh my gosh this is a great movie and to me it's always interesting to hear people who are like i was there man mm -hmm. i was there i i saw it uh did you so like when you went you saw it in theaters correct yes uh, when you went, do you were, and I know you were six, so you may not remember, but do you know if you went right when it opened or did your parents I, take you? I, I could Usually tell parents you. wait. I, like, I, I like that's you. like a teenager thing yeah. to go out on opening yeah. night. I, I couldn't tell you. It, but, it, yeah, it's one of the few movies my parents actually took us to. My parents didn't go to the movies a lot. I mean, when you get kids, I mean, I can understand why. You yeah. Know, you don't understand oh, it as a, a kid, why, yeah. why the parents just won't take you to the movies. You don't, you don't get it. But, you know, as you grow older, you get it. But yeah. Star Wars was, was the movie that got me into sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I got older, I started kind of watching Star Trek because, you know, there wasn't much on TV that you could find 
sci-fi wise so you know you ended up watching reruns of the original series of star trek which as a kid you know they were okay but i didn't really appreciate them until i got to be an adult adult and understand them more of what they were trying to say in, in those shows you know but star wars was just fun as a kid and star wars if you if you watch it and i'm sure you'll you'll agree star wars is very self-contained the first movie yeah it is actually i was getting there yeah yeah it's very self-contained because I, I and that's probably smartly done on on george lucas part he was so sure that star wars was going to be a flop he actually went on holiday with steve and Spielberg in Hawaii. And while in Hawaii, while opening weekend, they came up with the idea for Indiana Jones. Well, they also wrote a sequel novel in case... Uh, right. He had plans just in case... Have you heard of that? That the first sequel, it wasn't Empire Strikes Back. It, it was a novel for a movie that he thought would be just a garbage movie. There's no Han Solo because he didn't know... It's called like The Adventure of Luke Skywalker. Really? There's no Han Solo because um, I never read it. I just read about it on Cracked. But (laughs) there's no Han Solo because they didn't think that uh, Harrison Ford would be back. So the movie is pretty much just Luke and Leia stuck on one planet. There's no ships flying or anything because they didn't think that he'd have a budget. So he wrote this crappy book. Luke and Leia are stuck on a planet. But yeah, that that was like his plan B in case he couldn't make another big epic movie mm-hmm. like that would be his plan b george lucas had the because of star wars uh that's how ilm was founded he, he discovered that uh 20th century fox had disbanded their visual effects uh department so he had to be able to do special effects himself mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and of course then you know they did it old school with motion capture and ships in front models in front of blue screen which which is an art probably way lost nowadays <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is a shame because if a shame. you look at a, the old prints the old like he, uh, he did it pretty well yeah they did. I mean, they probably, really did. Probably one of the best in the business when they mm-hmm. did it. Even though, even though, if you've watched any of the uh, uh, kind of behind the scenes things, whatever from Star Wars, George Lucas is talking about trying to get Star Wars made, and you know, he was when he first looked, and his company didn't really have anything really edited the way he wanted, it, and he had to basically go back and try and recut the film and get the special effects the way he wanted it because they had blown through a lot of their budget and really didn't have any shots he he liked or approved. So it sounded like he went through hell for about three years trying oh, yeah. to get this movie made. Well. If you go back and watch the original release, one of the DVD sets has a bonus disc where you can watch the original release, and that's as yes. close as we get to anything of the but, original. But it's it's not even of what what sta- what standard is it? It's not even at. It's like some crappy laser disc setting. Yeah, it's what was originally released on laser disc. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like what what do they call it? It's that compressed. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Ah, I, it. It, it's a very very small screen, right? Essentially. It's not made for the TVs TV. that we have now. No. So it's very compressed. I um, still have... There's I, a word for I it. I still have VHS of the original movies. I do, too. I don't think I can watch them, though. Uh, I mean, I'm like, afraid... I'm afraid to put them in a VCR because I'm afraid, you know, they'd get destroyed. So yeah. that's one reason why I haven't ever tried. Yeah. I just use them for the covers. But uh, but if you go back and watch that, Star, you don't see it on Empire Return, but on Star Wars, whenever a ship is flying by, you can totally see... Oh, like, yeah. ...the square yeah, around that, the ship. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can, you, can, you can definitely see 
some flaws in it, and, and, you know, in the special effects. But I think that's what made made the movie so iconic, I guess, in mm. a certain sense. I mean, even though you saw certain flaws here and there, you were willing to just look right past it yeah. and say, who cares? Yeah. You know, you, you watched it for the story and, and you enjoyed it. You know, a lot of times, most of the time, there is a director's cut to movies. Right. And that's fine. And a lot of times, they'll clean up a mistake or whatever. And, and I think like, as a he... film fan, I still like to have the original mm-hmm. just to see what happened, in theory. But really, it's like, am I really going to... I sometimes wonder why it's different with Star Wars, why our fan reaction to the um, updated versions. I have I think... a theory about these special editions, and kind of see somewhat where Lucas was going with them and yeah. what he was wanting to do. But I think in the same sense, he may have taken it too far. A little too far. Yeah, he did. Like, there's nothing wrong with cleaning stuff up. Oh, yeah. Or adding scenes, even, if they work. Um, a lot of the scenes were cut for a reason, I think. Right. But there's nothing wrong with that, but the CGI, it's weird. Yeah. Like, putting in CGI characters, CGI ship, I'm not going to notice, and there isn't really that much. The CGI is mostly cleaning up the model ships. Right. But um, CGI characters, like those weird, like, giant lizards and stuff, this doesn't belong there. I mean, this technology wasn't even around when these movies came out. You're not fooling anyone. No, no. The other thing is, and if if you want to add that, that's fine. But like, let us watch the originals too. You know, like, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, Lucas like, has, has claimed that there's no way that the original versions can be ever put about, and who knows if that's true yeah, or not. He true. says I, that they I, were burned or I, whatever. I, 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 I don't, don't buy. That I, I don't, for don't know, a but but you know, if if there's a way of putting the original versions in theaters out on Blu-ray, Disney's got to know that's a cash cow waiting to be just unloaded. This isn't really meant for this show, but I am going to point out that there have been and supposedly leaked emails going around with Disney and Fox, and Disney is trying to find a way. Fox is still, for the originals, Fox is still the distributor, but it sounds like they can release those if they come up with a legal way of keeping Fox on board. So they're trying to find some sort of... Well, I think it's going to happen. Fox retains the right to A New Hope, irregardless X amount of time. There's no... The other five films do revert to Disney fully, uh, somewhere I think in 2020, I yeah. believe. So there, there is a there is an agreement in place there. Oh yeah, and I I think it's just a matter of how much would Fox and Disney get if Disney is just the distributor of mm-hmm. this. I'm sure and, there's probably yeah. they, they'd have to work out some legal. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know. It sounds like the original cuts exist somewhere. Somewhere. If you read those emails, and I'm sure that's one of the first things Disney and, and Kathleen Kennedy and all them looked into. Is, yeah. Okay. Do they really exist? Yeah. People will buy them. Oh yeah. I mean, because <laughs> I, I read somewhere where if Disney put out, even if it wasn't a cleaned up version, it's just a really good watchable version and put it out there. I mean, people are going to snatch those up so fast. Yeah. They're going to fly out the stores. Disney and Fox would make a, they, a ton. They clean up. Have you ever heard the original, uh, the how Darth Vader sounded, David Prowse? He said all the lines that were scripted when they were filming. So, you know, actors could obviously whatever. And Lucas had plans to replace his voice later on, but no one really knew that. Right. It went uncredited for, I think, until, I think, what, Return of the Jedi or even the special editions, even though it came out it would come out later who it was but i got a thing on here uh, said that james Earl jones supplied the voice of darth vader which we already obviously know uh but he specifically requested that he not be credited at the time the reason he cited was that he felt he had not done enough work to get the billing but he later admitted that he didn't want the name associated with the film because he was still an up-and-coming actor and didn't want to be quote typecast hmm interesting i don't know how you get typecast off of a voice but i'm gonna i'm gonna say what's funny about and james Earl jones is great but what's funny about that was 
was wasn't wasn't he was the bad guy in Conan the Barbarian like a few years later, later. and that movie's stupid. <laughs> but I mean, when was that? Was that movie eighty two? That might have been after, probably after even Empire. So yeah. you know, yeah, so that was probably at that point he was like, eh, who cares? Yeah, nineteen eighty nine, the uh, Library of Congress uh, National Film Registry. Star Wars was the first film selected uh, in that program's first year of existence to be to be preserved. Really, that was the first film picked by the Library of Congress National Film Registry to be preserved, and that was in 1989. So, if that was the case, wouldn't they have a copy of the original version? Then? Oh yeah, there are original copies. Of course, there are. Yeah, they've got it. It's probably in the salt mine in Hutchinson. Oh yeah, Hutchinson, Kansas. Have you ever been down the salt mine? I've never I been have. There. Is that pretty cool? Yeah, I know they got some movie million down it there. It is. Um, it's very cool. It's worth going to. I mean, I was a kid when I went. When I went, I didn't understand the importance of what all's down there, but it, like I do now, and I, I would like to go again as an adult. Who, out of the first uh, Star Wars movie, who was probably your favorite character? In the first movie? Yeah. Oh, Han Solo, of course. Han Solo? Yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> like, it, 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 it had to be either Han Solo or Darth Vader for me. I mean, I know Darth Vader's supposed to be the bad guy, but, I mean, come on. That's pretty damn badass um, character. What's interesting about Darth Vader in that movie is uh, you... You and you know this. A lot of people may not know this. The whole idea of him being Luke's father was an afterthought. Uh, that wasn't created. That wasn't. That didn't come up that until uh, yeah. he was writing uh, Empire. Yeah, this was not planned by George Lucas. And in fact, I think George Lucas's wife was the one that came up with that story idea. But I could be wrong. I've never heard that one before. I, I could be wrong on that. But um, so if you watch that movie, watch it. it it's almost like this Elseworld story where uh, this alternate dimension where Darth Vader is not Luke's father in that movie. And that's the only one like that where it's like, yeah, no, he totally isn't in this movie. Mm -hmm. And this movie he killed anakin skywalker who was luke's dad leia certainly is not luke's sister <laughs> um that was such a cop out on the third one but we'll get to that uh, yeah even to the point where um obi-wan he calls him darth Mm -hmm. As if Darth is his first name. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. Knowing what we all know now, you think it was hard or easy for Lucas to get Peter Cushing and Alex Guinness to come on board and do that movie? Granted, Peter Cushing had already done it like a Doctor Who. Peter Cushing did a lot of campy stuff. I don't I don't think it was too difficult to get him on board. Like, he did all the Hammer movie, all mm -hmm. the Hammer horror movies. He did Doc Doctor Who. He did um, Sherlock Holmes. I think Peter Cushing was kind of into that sort of thing. Granted, Star Wars still might have come off a little bit goofier than something right. that he was used to at least until at least before it was a finished product but I, I don't not, know. I know from seeing other things that when Lucas filmed this in Pinewood Studios over in England that a lot of the British crew that, that he had to use over there at the time pretty much you know thought he was making a stupid movie And well it is kind of a stupid movie like when you really look at it like <laughs> I love the movie but when you, you look at it, it it's a kids movie like it yes is. and no the first one definitely is I love the first one but it is a kids movie. I don't know. I find the Phantom Menace more of a kids movie than I find. A I'm new not Hope. talking about the prequels right now. <laughs> But uh, compared to the, the first Empire, three, oh yeah, it's definitely a kids movie. I almost like, find Return of the Jedi. Then, if you're going to stick with the original three, that I one find is definitely a kids more, movie. more kid more kid movie than I would uh, New Hope. Oh, of course, yeah, just because of, of the Ewoks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else do we have on this? Movie? Okay. Um, obviously, the special edition version was released in 1997. The special edition version is um, it was released on January 31st. You know, what uh, did you think about it when it came out? The special edition? Yeah, I went just because knowing it was coming. 
back to the theater, I was happy to go back and see quote yeah. Star Wars oh, in the theater. Oh yeah, it was cool seeing it. In the oh yeah, it was it was great seeing it kind of cleaned up and maybe a few extra things added that wasn't there originally. I think the biggest thing that Lucas could have really left out, and if you really pay attention to the dialogue, probably the reason why it was cut the first time, but the scene with Han Solo and Jabba the Hutt. Jabba. Yeah. If you listen, to some of the lines that they're saying is exactly what he already had the discussion with with Greedo in the yeah. cantina. That's so why, that's why they cut scenes out of movies yeah. because it's it's I mean, not a good scene. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, you can put it back in there, but was it needed? No, no, not at all. No, like it. I mean, I th- I think if you took that out of the special edition, just took that one scene out with what he did, I don't think most people would have an issue well, with that the, the special edition. That and the like CGI Jawas getting getting attacked by CGI dinosaurs because you know hilarious, right? Yeah. Well, you know that's in the background, and <laughs> yeah. I, you know I don't really count that too much against. But him. the job of the hut thing is really weird. I mean, I think it, I, it just doesn't work. I, I, th- I think if you had left that out of the special edition, I don't think too many people would have a qualm now, about this that one. scene was not in the special edition this is in the special special edition of the blu-ray the scene with biggs oh yeah i know what you're talking about there is a part of me that likes that scene as a deleted scene like mm-hmm. it's kind of neat, but when you put it in the movie, it doesn't work. It's like, oh, it's Luke and his friend Biggs, who he's mentioned, and like big yeah. deal. Like this adds nothing. Like, yeah, but I, it's a it's a neat deleted. Uh, scene. Okay, you get to you get to actually see the guy he's yeah. re- he's referenced before, but yeah. it, it, it has nothing to do with the overall story or yeah. them destroying yeah. the Death Star. And that's another one where it's like, yeah, I could see why they cut this. But it, I mean, I don't know. I don't really complain about that because it's yeah, it's kind of neat. It's a minor. It's, it's a, a foot. No, that's why it should have yeah. been left as a deleted scene, like just as a footnote. It, it's but. a minor, it's a minor issue with that. I, I think the bigger one, I think we can both agree, is Java Hut. That one. scene just doesn't work. No, it, it, it could have been done without even even being released. But it was cool to see. It was a little weird. Java, I think, looked a little weird digitally, and I could be wrong on this, but I think the reason why he decided to go ahead and tinker with the originals, cleaning them up, because is what he saw his island could do with Jurassic Park for Steel, yeah. Spielberg, and he was toying with the idea of doing newer stuff. Star Wars movies, and I think this is his way of, okay, where can I go? Where can I can't go? Oh, yeah. It turned out to be the prequels. Well, it was so, totally an advertisement for, it was like a appetizer yeah, for it's like, episode you know, one. Put all Star Wars yeah. back into the mindset yeah. of the people and, and so that way... And there's nothing wrong with the no. special editions. I always just feel like, nothing wrong with them. It's a director's cut. I just always felt like, I'd like the originals too. Like, is that so much to ask? Like, yeah. We'll, we'll move on here to probably what's probably considered the best of all the six movies currently released. Oh, yeah, Phantom Menace. <laughs> Only if you're drunk. <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back. I'll I'll take the opening crawl on this one. It's a dark time for the Rebellion. Although th- the Death Star has been destroyed, Imperial troops have driven the Rebel forces from their hidden base and pursued them across the galaxy. Evading the dreaded Imperial Starfleet, a group of freedom fighters led by Luke Skywalker has established a new secret base on the remote ice world of Hoth. The evil Lord Darth Vader, obsessed with finding young Skywalker, has dispatched thousands of remote probe droids into the far reaches of space. The uh, It was released on May 21st, 1980. Uh, the special edition, obviously, February 21st, 1997. Uh, most of your major players are back in this one, obviously with minor, well, basically, no Peter Cushing because yeah. he, he went with the Death Star. Yeah. But Alice... He was a great... We forgot to talk about him a little more. Well, he talk- was a great 
Grand yes. Martha Tarkin yeah. is a great villain. Great character. Yeah. Yes. He, he really is. He played, and he's really, other than the Emperor, he's the only one that really could control Vader. Yeah. If you think yeah. about it. He's the only one that really had, you know, could could sit there and basically snap his finger at Vader and Vader would like. That's a character that probably could have showed up in the dang prequels because, like, it's interesting to see he, him yeah. and Vader's, rela- like, they had such a mutual respect in that movie. Yes. On the uh, animated Clone Wars series that ran for five years on Cartoon Network, you know, they had a couple episodes with a, with an animated Tarkin. Oh, really? You know, you know, I'm surprised they didn't delve into it more maybe in, in episode three, but yeah. uh, it's not our toy. All right, uh, back to the second yeah, movie. Though. Back to the second movie. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. Uh, that This is one of those rare cases where the sequel outperforms and outdoes the Well, original. it used to be rare. It's starting to happen more, more and more, more now. But with yeah, this type of movie. Anyway, yeah, but, but at this time, I mean, this is one of those, even even with today's movies, I think it still holds up as oh yeah as one well, of the this best one sequels. Is, goes above and beyond, beyond. the first one. Like, uh, it Vader, throws it out of the water. Vader is a true badass in this mm-hmm. one. Complete true badass. And and Luke is is still somewhat naive and kind of uh, gung-ho. The story is compelling. That's, yes. That's where, that's the thing with the first one is the story wasn't really compelling. It's just like cool, like space and desert and aliens and all this and spaceships. But like the story was pretty linear. Like I mean, it's just like, okay, blah, blah. And that's fine. But this one actually had a very compelling mm-hmm. story. And this, obviously, this was this was one that was not directed by George Lucas. He let That's right. he let one uh, of two. Yes, he let Irvin Kirshner direct. Irvin, now Irvin Kirshner was he was mostly an an artistic director, right? Uh, George Lucas was a fan of his. You know the stuff that he did was like not really movies it was artistic well, films and there was a i don't know how how when this was done but he did an interview Irwin kirchner did an interview with cinescape magazine he told the magazine said he had no interest in the in films with special effects however he was won over by george lucas although kirchner was determined to make the film more about characterization than hardware which obviously it shows oh, he totally did yeah uh, kirchner spent several months working on the script pushing the writers into humanizing the characters more uh Something that obviously Lucas was obviously criticizing for not doing. I think shows. that's something that he—he's just not. Lucas probably has never he, been good he, at. No, no, he can he can come up with the stories. He can yeah. he can visually see or create. No, the things. characters are flat, but, and that's but, that's but, why the prequels suffer. He, yeah. he should not have been directing. Well, and and there's uh, he tried to get some several other directors to try and direct Phantom Menace, but they all turned him down. Really? From what I read, he he tried to get other people to direct. It was start to Phantom Menace, and then he decided, well, I guess I'll just direct it. And wow. Then I guess he decided well he just wants to keep his vision i'm guessing that's the reason why he went ahead and directed two and three uh, you know and i think maybe the prequels could have been better if other people what was your directed. reaction to there's like a there's like a plot twist or something in this movie if i remember correctly Let's see someone uh, finds was, out who their father is yeah okay well what okay. was your reaction to that as a kid you're sitting there finding out oh darth vader's luke's father holy crap because at that time, you know, you don't really know is Vader machine or human. You know, they gave they gave you that. I think it was it was it Empire or was it New Hope. You know, he's more machine now, or is that Return of the I Jedi? Think that's the first one. You know, he's more. It machi- might be all of them. You know, he's, know. he's more machine now. You know, yeah. evil and twisted. And that may be even Return of the Jedi when he's having that conversation with the the Force image of Ben on on Dagobah. It's possible, but either way, you know, that was something I don't think anyone saw. And even when they uh, recorded it, the only ones who knew the line supposed to be mm-hmm. was was Kirshner, lucas and uh they told hamill mark hamill yeah because the actor was going to say d- a different line but it was actually going to be this line so he'd react well, was to suppo- it. the original line that uh, obi-wan that david prouse says is obi-wan I, obi-wan uh oh was it obi-wan uh, killed your father yeah something like yeah. that no yeah it's not true yeah 
This, this is just a fantastic movie. Oh, I yeah. Think it's, At, I think it is one of the best action-adventure movies ever made, still. I mean, Han Solo is definitely height of Han Solo. I mean... Mm-hmm. Before he got neutered in the throat. Right. And, 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 and of course, you know, and of course, that has one of the best, the whole uh, carbon freezing chamber on Cloud City where, you know, he's about ready to be lowered in. Leia just says, I love you. And he goes, I know. Yeah. Uh, but that according was, to reports... Uh, that was an ad-lib. Yeah, that was an ad-lib because Kirshner just wasn't liking what, what was originally scripted yeah. and they just didn't I love feel you too, and then, yeah, or what? It doesn't seem right for the character, and no. they, I think think I read somewhere they did that scene that take like fifteen times before they finally got what what they wanted, which yeah. I'm guessing what showed up in the movie. But any other line just wouldn't seem right for Han Solo. No, no. I mean, he's just an arrogant little. I guess he thinks he's a badass. I guess. Yeah, he kind of is. He kind of is. Yeah, he is definitely. You know, he's falling for the girl. Yeah. You now, now if you think about it, before you find out. Obviously, Vader is Luke's father. Uh, after Luke is rescued, Leia kisses Luke mm-hmm. square on the mouth. Mm-hmm. There, you know, on Hoth. This is the same thing that happened before. They that were not little, meant to be sister and brother. You know, that could be a little. That, you know, you, if you think about it now, that's a little creepy. It's like, no, don't do it. You're kissing your brother. They were <laughs> clearly not meant to have her be a Skywalker. So, yeah, that was never an intention. That was a last minute uh, throwaway surprise on the third one to be like, remember how cool it was when Darth Vader was his dad Leia's his sister and it's like that's not very cool that's just weird it doesn't even make sense and yeah like it's like alright but um yeah instead of instead of falling for a girl you thought was hot now you realize oh crap it's my sister I can't do that now well there was uh uh, this movie also brings us Yoda. Oh yeah, and that was a big risk for for uh, Lucas to do that too because he didn't know if it'd be accepted or if it'd no. just be Kermit the Frog with you with know a speech impediment. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm going to point something out, and I I think not only do a lot of people either not notice or forget. Lucas totally forgot about this. Yoda, when he speaks like a tall person you are or something like, you know how he has that broken Yoda speech. He only does that when he's pretending to be some cute little, some cute little creature giving Luke a hard time. Once, uh, once he's like, once he admits that he's Yoda, he drops that. Like, he's like, well, he start what he begins. Like, he's, he's done with that crap. Yeah. And what's funny is Lucas brought it back and all the in I think even the third one, but all the prequels, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like, no, this is the way he talks now. It's like, no, like and if you go back and watch Empire, it's well, like no, Return that's so Jedi. much cooler. Even if you yeah. think about Return of the Jedi, you know, he may have stopped and started, but it wasn't that Yoda yeah. speak as you were saying. Yeah. He... And it, it's so much I, I know that that's like just like marketing for the kids or whatever, but it was so much cooler, like when you watch the movie when he's like when he drops the act and uh-huh. gets serious. Right. Like now it's just like And that like, look of surprise on Luke when he realizes that this this little guy who's he's what is that god awful line on episode three that he says he says to Palpatine, it's like the most forced Yoda speak. Like he and Palpatine are gonna do their battle. He's uh, like, yeah. Not until blah and it's y- like yeah. you can't even make well, sense of and it. And also in the prequel where he sits there and he makes that little hand sticks his hand out, makes that little gesture like, yeah. like oh come on. I, oh god. <laughs> it's like Lucas, you need to stop watching the Matrix or something. Yeah, oh, it doesn't even make sense for Yoda's character. He's no. not he's not a taunting guy. Uh, I thought I thought being a Jedi was about defense. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Return of the Jedi. 
Uh, opening crawl, Luke Skywalker has returned to his home planet in Tatooine in an attempt to rescue his friend Han Solo from the clutches of the vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. Little does Luke know that the Galactic Empire has recently begun construction on a new armored space station even more powerful than the first dreaded Death Star. When completed, his ultimate weapon will spell certain doom for the small band of rebels struggling to restore freedom to the galaxy. So what do you think of this movie? It's probably the the weakest of the original trilogy yeah i would agree. it's definitely the weakest it really has nothing to do with the movie but how many times does the empire have to make a death star and leave it with flaws no it definitely <laughs> has something to do with the movie that's a terrible <laughs> plot device like come up with a new story uh you know it's like okay you build a you want to build a second death star fine but you have to leave it vulnerable where the rebels can still destroy it you think you'd have learned your lesson from three years See, earlier the thing is the thing or is four years earlier. you know this a lot of the stuff in return of the jedi was uh a script that didn't make it past cutting room floor for the very first movie. So that's why we're getting another Death Star blowing up. It's because it, part of the script of the first one, when the Death Star blows up, not only were they going to blow up the Death Star, but they needed a ground battle on the uh, Wookiee planet. Right. Kashik. Yeah. But instead of Wookiees, well, let's do cute little Ewoks. And I think that was because at the time he just didn't have the, the means to pull off a, right. a Wookiee you know, which would have been cool if he could have at the time. Wait, on which movie? The Return, first one or uh, the third one? On the Return of the Jedi. I think he had the means to do it. I think he wanted to do cutesy stuff. And even Ewok is Wookiee pronounced backwards. True. He knew what he was doing. He wanted cute little... And here's the thing. I don't hate the Ewoks. I think I think that they're okay in a small dose. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, like, the scene where they first... When Leia first meets Wicked or whatever his stupid name is, and he, like, steals her food or whatever, is kind of funny. And then when they kidnap the other guys and are about to eat well, them the, the, and the, the, C-3PO's are God. Yeah, see, that's she, funny. Yeah, that's... yeah. Like, that's fine. And then after that, say, well, thanks a lot, guys. See you later, well, and then you, you, leave. You know, you, don't... You, you can you can still use him, even getting him up to the point of getting him into the back door of the uh... just wicket, like right. just the one. Like that would have been fine. Have a cute little animal sidekick. That's no big deal. But having them destroy the empire is so stupid. Like seems, even seems, kids seems, think that's stupid. Seems a little uh, hard to swallow. Like they break an ATST with two logs. Now that is pretty cool if you could actually pull that off. I it think, would I just think, dent I... it. The thing is supposed to be an armored it's called armored terrain didn't, scout i, I believe mythbusters did something on that didn't they what's that the did mythbusters they? i think I they did know. something on that I, and i can't remember if they proved it plausible or not even if it is plausible it looks stupid and how are you gonna like <laughs> well, trap well, it well first of all like, how those ewoks yeah. get those things all the way up exactly. there exactly <laughs> so i i'm still even if it's plausible i'm still not buying it and also it looks stupid well like, and of course your return to has probably got the best cost oh slave leia yeah, is that slave the one you're talking yeah, about yeah yeah that's a good cost Although, you know, Carrie Fisherman, I agree with that. But uh, one of the best costumes. I think, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> like, I, I definitely get the um, I definitely get the problem that she and other people might have. It's like all of a sudden you're taking the... You're doing what always happens in these movies written by guys is you're taking the strong female lead and then, like, <laughs> turning in them in, like, humiliating plays. Almost it turning always her, happens. You're almost turning, her, turning Leia, which is technically a really strong, quote, female character. Yeah. And you're almost turning her helpless. Which seems to eventually happen no matter what. Which seems a little not right for her character. Yeah. But... 
I guess you have to do what you have to do. I, I, I don't know. Well, it's... and they, they kind of did butcher her character a little bit. Like, even some of her dialogue, like when she's talking to Luke and she's like, but why must we leave? And it's like, like you got hints of the bad dialogue that's yet to come in the well, I think, prequels. I, I, I think I saw an interview where uh, Irvin Kirshner was offered after Empire by Lucas to do Return of the Jedi, and he turned it down, saying wow. he didn't want to spend another two years doing the movie. And in that same interview, he said after seeing Return of the Jedi, he kind of wish maybe he had taken it which i think he might have gotten a better into that first trilogy he probably would have um the guy who directed this one I always uh, richard richard marquand he died like in 87 or 88 oh wow he died like four or five years after that movie see a lot of the problem is this is around the time when lucas got rid of he got rid of a certain producer who i wish i had rick his name. rick Mc, uh, well no that was a different uh i'm thinking the one that was on with with him with the prequels i know who you're gary kurtz yes because yes. we talked about that on the my yeah. uh, one of my last ones he um he got rid of that producer and that producer was kind of the one that was always like nah it's a little too stupid let's let's work on this and he got rid of him and it shows with this movie like it does i i really like return of the jedi it show but it does show that lucas had started getting rid of people and surrounding himself with with yes man and it it seems seems like return of the jedi is 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 kind of a letdown for the um for the third and final movie and it kind of seemed like he kind of just sleepwalked himself through it oh he totally did Uh, i like the first part i do like the job of the hud stuff um but even that you know, it's like slave well, Leia, and, and if you notice the death of uh, Boba Fett, well, that seems a little anticlimactic. And, yeah. and and if you notice when uh, uh, Leia is dressed as the bounty hunter, I know there's a name for that particular character, but I can't remember it. when uh, she finally uh, frees Han from the Carbonite. You know, when he went in the Empire, he had a strap across his uh, waist holding his arms down. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of the elbows where you can't really, he couldn't move. But when he got released and fell off, that strap is no longer holding. Oh, you're right. Holding him in on, oh. on his arms, and it's kind of like a minor oversight because yeah. I switched out the carbonite. You know, ate away that leather strap or whatever it is. So, which all movies have those, you know, little quirks. Yeah. But many Bothams died <laughs> get retrieving this information. information. Like, what's a Botham? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Beginning Return of the There's a cutscene, and you may have seen it on the Blu-ray stuff where they show Luke in a cave on Tatooine or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, see it's actually saber. kind of a neat scene. Right. right. I don't which, know why which they, they got rid which, of that. That would have been okay to put in on the, yeah. when they did the special editions, but they didn't. I don't know why. Um, it wasn't stupid enough. Uh, okay. It says here, it said, George Lucas thought the audience might not understand that Luke's return of the, of the Jedi lightsaber was not the same one he lost on Cloud City. To avoid confusion, Luke deci- Lucas decided to change the color from blue to, to green, green, making it clear that Luke was using a new new lightsaber okay which is fine as part of the expanded universe luke's original lightsaber used by his father was given to him by obi-wan which we all know um was was recovered uh was given to him by obi-wan was recovered along with his severed hand from cloud city and was later wielded by a luke clone luke later recaptured his lightsaber and presented it to mara jade his love who, who he married in the in the novels which are no longer considered canon but part of that of someone recovering luke's lightsaber from cloud city with with his hand is something rumored i've heard that's how they find luke's lightsaber in the beginning of the force awakens interesting that's how um john boyega's character of finn ends up with luke's original lightsaber interesting so someone went back through and found this obviously part of a little knowledge and decided 
hmm, sounds good. Yeah. Nice starting point. Let's go with that. Yeah. So it's just kind of interesting that they, something that, that was written in the books at some point was pulled out for, which I'm, something similar is being used for The Force Awakens. So interesting. It's amazing what you can find on the online nowadays. Jub, jub. <laughs> jub, jub, jub. Well, see, and they also, uh, on the special edition of The Return of the Jedi. I, this is one that I do like. The new song at the end. Of, I don't know. I, I, I like that. You like actually, that? Actually, yeah. And see, and I also have a, a thing when we get to The Force Awakens. Like it sounds a little bit like Yanni or whatever, but um, I like it better than ending the trilogy with Jub, jub. Yay, Jub, jub. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the special there edition, you, you get to hear Jar Jar, you know. Oh, I don't like that. Though. No, we could have done without We're that. We're so free. I mean, you can still show Naboo, but you could have done without the, the Jar Jar voice. We so free at last. Free at last. We suck. So shut up. Just shut up. What they need to do is make another special edition of Return of the Jedi. And when they get to that point where you're free at last, you hear a laser blaster going off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that was uh, part one of our Star Wars podcast, uh, James. Uh, it was uh, interesting and fun as always. Of course, thanks for having me on. Uh, I can't wait for the next movie to start. Star Wars is always a fun thing to talk about. It is. Um, keep an eye out, or I should say, keep an ear out for part two. Um, that will be coming very shortly. Uh, of course, Force Awakens is also coming out pretty quick as well. So uh, keep listening. We'll talk at you later. <laughs>